Life Audio. Do you sometimes doubt if you're truly hearing God's voice or if it's really your own? Or have you been in a season where it feels like He's completely silent? Have you been praying for a way to learn how to hear His voice more clearly? Hey friends, I'm Rachel, host of the Hearing Jesus Podcast. If you are ready to grow in your faith and to confidently step into your identity in Christ, then join me as we dig deep into God's Word so you can learn to live out your faith in your everyday life. Hi friends, welcome back to the Hearing Jesus Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Grohl. Today, we are finishing up Matthew chapter 8 in our devotional Bible study, where we are walking through just an introductory session through the Gospels, where we are looking at things piece by piece and making sure we understand it as we go. I pray this series is a blessing for you. If you're just joining us, I would encourage you to go back to the beginning of this series and start working your way through. I think it'll make more sense to you. We're at the tail end of Matthew chapter 8. Let me read it for you. It says, And when he came to the other side, into the country of the Gadarenes, two demon-possessed men confronted him as they were coming out of the tombs. They were so extremely violent that no one could pass by that way. And they cried out, saying, What business do you have with us, Son of God? Have you come here to torment us before the time? Now there was a herd of many pigs feeding at a distance from them, and the demons begged him, saying, If you were going to cast us out, send us into the herd of pigs. And he said to them, Go. And they came out and went into the pigs, and behold, the whole herd rushed down the steep bank into the sea and drowned in the waters. And the herdsmen ran away and went to the city and reported everything, including what had happened to the demon-possessed men. And behold, the whole city came out to meet Jesus. And when they saw him, they pleaded with him to leave their region. Now, yesterday we talked about the scene where Jesus was in the boat with the disciples and the storm came and Jesus calmed the storm. And so fast forward to today, where we're essentially reading about what happened after that. After they were on the boat, they've now gotten to the other side of the Sea of Galilee, and they're now in a region of the Gadarenes, which is part of the Decapolis. And so the phrase other side is also a reference to a movement typically from a Jewish region to a Gentile region. And so the Gadarenes region refers to both the village of Gadara, which is located about five miles southeast of the Sea of Galilee, but it also includes the entire region in a small village called Gerasa, which is the traditional site of this exorcism. This area is typically accepted as it being an area that is mixed with both Jews and Gentiles living there. And most likely it would be Jews that are not probably holding to a strict adherence to the Torah because they are living amongst the Gentiles. So it says that these men come from the tombs. Now, culturally, Gentiles were said to be unclean, according to the Jewish custom, generally. And in this area, in this time frame, they were known to offer sacrifices to the dead and to bow down to demons and to eat inside of the tombs. And so overall, there was some pretty shady stuff going on with some of these Gentiles. And this is the scene that Jesus enters into. Now, Matthew mentions two demoniacs, and in the Gospel of Mark and Luke, they both only mention one. So is this the same scene? Is this a contradiction? 
I want to remind you that there are no contradictions in the gospel. There may be things that we don't understand from our Western modern mindset that may initially seem like a contradiction, but you have to understand the way that scripture was written and already have this assumption that there are no contradictions, even if we don't understand quite what's going on. So remember, these authors were writing to different audiences with different points of view and different goals. We did an introduction to the gospel's genre at the beginning of the series. You can go back and listen to that. But what Matthew has done is, well, a couple of things. He apparently has some independent knowledge of a second demonized man. And Mark and Luke only mention one person. But Matthew, in his writing in general, is often concerned with only giving general details of the narrative. So he just mentions that there are two demoniacs. Now, Mark and Luke, who overall give more detailed accounts, they single out the spokesman of the two and they describe him in more detail. And so this is similar to another incident where Matthew describes the healing of two blind men, but Mark and Luke only mention one. They go into more detail about the incident, and Mark even explicitly identifies the blind man as Bartimaeus, which is the son of Timaeus. And we don't hear any of that from Matthew because Matthew is writing from a very general perspective, recalling what happened with the purpose of communicating this Messiah, and he's talking to this Jewish audience. So in verse 29, the demons say to Jesus, have you come here to torture us before the appointed time? And then they call him, they refer to him as the son of God. This is important. They call him the son of God. The only explicit reference to Jesus as the son of God in Matthew up until this point has been when Satan taunted Jesus during the temptation. Remember back in chapter four, he says, if you are the son of God, then you know, throw yourself down and the angels will rescue you. It was the enemy that was taunting Jesus and calling him the son of God. What the demonic realm seems to know already, Jesus's disciples still have not come to realize. And I think that's important because the demonic and Satan's realm, they understand and they recognize Jesus for who he is, even if we don't. And then it goes on to talk about the Kairos, that appointed time. And so that's indicated here, and it refers to this final day when God is expected to make all things right, and Satan and his demons and his powers would be destroyed. They know who Jesus is. They know their time is limited, and they know they are powerless against him. It tells us some very important things about the demonic world. Jesus looks out and he sees that there is some distance from them, a large herd of pigs that was feeding. In verse 30, it says that. And scholars believe there was about 2,000 pigs at the time. And so Jesus drives out the demons and he sends them into the pigs. And the whole town pleaded with him. We learn this in verse 34, pleaded with him to leave their region. Now, Jesus has just performed this miracle. He has given freedom to these two Gentiles. He's revealed this power that he has over the demonic and the evil to the Gentiles in the region. And then the response is such a perversion of that miracle. Instead of celebrating the restoration and deliverance of these two demoniacs, they are instead mad about the loss of the pigs. It's interesting because Matthew is giving us this indication that the restorative power of the kingdom is not welcome by everyone. There are some people who prefer to be bound 
by the enemy, to hold on to their wealth than to experience the freedom from the enemy's grip in their lives. And it's interesting because we know that Jesus is Lord over creation, which means those pigs belong to him. Our wealth is not our wealth. He lets us keep 90% of it, but our wealth belongs to God. The only reason we have it is because of him. And so the value of a herd of pigs that would have been extraordinary in that culture, especially if there's 2,000 of them, that is nothing compared to the value of a human soul, let alone two human souls. And think about that in terms of, I just, this is a side note, the, the cost that Jesus paid for us. If you're looking at a monetary value, the cost of two people, that was worth it to send 2,000 pigs over the hill. But, you know, I think there's something else even here that's going on that I want to make sure it's not lost on us. These pigs likely belong to Jews because this was an area mixed of Jews and Gentiles. And pigs were unclean, according to the Old Testament law. We learned about that all the way back in Leviticus chapter 11. And we've talked about this in the past. The reason for that is not just that God's being mean and he doesn't want you to eat bacon. No, it's because the nation of Israel was next to an area where the Philistines were and the Philistines worshipped pigs. It was part of their actual false god worship. And so not just eating the pig, but the way that they worshipped the pig, that was a Philistine symptom of them chasing the wrong things. And so to protect the Israelites, to set them apart, to make sure that there's this difference, he forbid the eating of the pork, but it really had more to do with their heart than it did their bellies. So if there is this Jewish family or this Jewish business owner that owns these 2,000 pigs or however many pigs there were, it's likely because of the attraction of how much money could be made off of these pigs in the cities of the Decapolis. And so they ignored the Old Testament law and they were raising these pigs to sell for financial gain. They were upset that Jesus took their wealth away from them, that they probably shouldn't have even have been pursuing in the first place in order to save these two men. I am reminded of, well, multiple occasions, but specifically of an occasion when we were in the middle of East Africa in a country and we were doing some work in a community and we were seeing people healed and delivered. And, you know, the demonic activity in that region is is very present. It's very real. If you've ever seen it, it's not something that we just read about in scripture. The enemy is still alive and well right now. He's the prince of this world. And so after we had experienced the healing of probably a hundred people that had been delivered of demons this one night, the witch doctor's son came forward and he got saved. He was delivered. He was actually filled with the Holy Spirit. I mean, the man was completely changed. And after that, it was the witch doctor that wanted to drive us out of town because number one, he no longer had the control that he had because he would control people with fear. And number two, he was no longer going to be making money when people knew Jesus. He knew that. See, those that are controlled by the demonic, they recognize Jesus. They recognize the power that Jesus has. Why don't we? Given that insight, I'm going to go back and I'm going to reread this handful of verses. It says, and when he came to the other side into the country of the Gadarenes, two demon-possessed men confronted him as they were coming out of the tombs. They were so extremely violent that no one could pass by that way. And they cried out saying, what business do you have with us, son of God? Have you come here to torment us before the time? 
Now there was a herd of many pigs feeding at a distance from them. And the demons begged him saying, if you were going to cast us out, send us into the herd of pigs. And he said to them, go. And they came out and went into the pigs. And behold, the whole herd rushed down the steep bank into the sea and drowned into the waters. And the herdsmen ran away and went to the city and reported everything, including what had happened to the demon possessed men. And behold, the whole city came out to meet Jesus. And when they saw him, they pleaded with him to leave their region. God, we thank you for the power that is displayed on the pages of the scriptures and that you are the same God today as you were yesterday and that you will be tomorrow. Lord God, I pray that you would convict our hearts with this passage, that we would recognize the value of the human soul is so worth more than the riches that this world may offer. Lord God, I thank you that you are a God that redeems and restores and comes to give us freedom in our lives. God, help us to recognize the value of that and not trade that for the riches, the temporary riches of this world. Lord God, I pray that you would convict our hearts in areas that need to be convicted and you would encourage our hearts in areas that need encouraged. God, I just lift my friends up today that may be going through something similar. Lord, would you encourage them by your spirit through your word? In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Okay, friends, we'll talk tomorrow. Hey friends, as we lean into a new month and we continue to learn and grow together, there's a couple resources I want to make sure you know about so you can take advantage of. The first is our Patreon page, and the link for that is in the show notes. And on the Patreon page, we have a couple things. We have a dedicated space that is for discussion, for asking questions. You get easy access to me where we talk about things, we hold each other accountable. There are resources that go with the show, like a journaling prompt worksheet download for every single adult show. We also have family discussion guides. And what's really been neat about those is that on the kids show every day, I talk about the same content that's on the adult show, just taught in a way that kids can understand. Then the family discussion guides create an environment for you to process that information with your children. You can use that at the dinner table or even as part of your devotional routine. There's some suggested prayer and activities and things to help you connect that content to the appropriate age for your children. So all of that is on the Patreon. Also, there's some prophetic words, extra videos, transcripts, all those kinds of things. The second is on our website. If you go to shehears.org, there's a shop resources page that has my Bible studies that I've written, links to different journaling Bibles, note-taking Bibles, all sorts of resources to help you grow. And then also on our website, we have the coaching section. If you are finding that you need some spiritual direction or life coaching, that is available for you as well. And that's really good to help you process what you're learning. If you're feeling stuck, if you need to work through something, if something just isn't sitting right, or if you want to teach this content and you need to help develop a plan, I'm available to help you do that as well. Again, all of these are resources to help you grow in your spiritual life and hear God's voice more clearly. I want to take just a second to thank the team at Life Audio for their partnership with us on the podcast. If you go to lifeaudio.com, you will find dozens of other faith-centered podcasts in their network. They've got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and more. Hey friends, if this podcast helped encourage, empower, or equip you in your walk with God, I would love it if you would head over to Apple Podcasts and leave me a review. That's the number one way you can support my show. You can also join our free Facebook community or Instagram page where I share inspirational tips, bonus content, resources, and prayer throughout the week. Hey, I want you to know I'm praying for you. Know that you are so loved. Keep going.